This is exactly right. Scotty. Curdy B. Are you ready for a headline? Buddy boy, I'm ready to laugh and laugh and laugh. This man is looking for the friends who shipped him overseas in a crate in 1965. (laughs) All right. Good luck, bud. Uh, Let's get into a little investigative journalism on this very special episode of Bananas. And gentlemen, welcome to Bananas. I'm Kurt Brownoller. Uh, I'm Scotty Landis. Thank you for listening to the silliest little podcast there ever was. Today is a very special episode. One, Kurt, because Instaware on Instagram told me that it's National Banana Day. Oh, nice. Can you believe that? It only comes but once a year. Uh, and it do- won't be the day you're listening to this. Nope, listeners. it'll be weeks away. Um, <laughs> Dogecoin is up to 20 cents for all our big crypto enthusiasts out there. And oh, man, I'm such a hard crypto head. Well, you and I, I knew. bleed crypto. <laughs> <laughs> you knew it was coming. We eat and breathe crypto, guys. God, it's I don't not sleep. a pyramid scheme. Nope, not at all. Uh, but also because we have our cinephile cousins on the exactly right network with us today. Ladies and gentlemen, please, one of them is a lauded TV writer and the other the programmer for Turner Classic Movies. They are the dynamic duo behind the wonderful movie podcast. I saw what you did. Please welcome Danielle Henderson and Millie DeCirico. Did he do it? Did he do it? He did it. Yes. He did it. Got that last name right. He got Millie's government name right. right. <laughs> Welcome to Bananas. We're so glad to have you. You have a wonderful podcast where you, you start it off and you talk like friends talk, which people love. You answer some cool emails and then you dive into two movies. I love it. I've been binging it all week. Thank you. We get right to it. And we, you know, we talk like friends because we're friends. Oh, I love the um, was it good or was it horny competition. Unbelievable. I'm- <laughs> Very the funniest thing. That. Can you guys, for people who might not be familiar, would you tell people what that's all about? Yes. Yeah. Uh, we we had an episode where Gleaming the Cube and Memphis Bell <laughs> were the two mm-hmm. movies in our. Millie <laughs> likes that Memphis Bell. I've heard it come up a few times on the pod. I can't stop talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to keep the dream alive. Yes. Uh, my 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 great granduncle claimed he was a B. To uh, bomber, sure. pilot, and anyone I, can claim it. Yeah, anyway, he claimed too. he claimed that like it was Memphis Bell. He he flew Memphis Bell or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he was also like a really drunk all the time. So who knows? <laughs> <laughs> that's the best kind of drunk. The ones that have good stories, real yeah. or not. Yeah. I don't care. Can we have a beer and just have some fun? That's Great. right. That's exactly right. But yeah, the, the the theme came out of that because we were positing the question whether or not these movies were good or if when we saw them as teenagers we were just horny for everyone in them i mean that is so true that is so so true yes so you're following up on it you're moving down like a sort of an ncaa march madness bracket towards the final were we horny or were was is this actually a good film and And, we finished up and who was the winner 
Cruel Intentions. Yes. As, and that was being the that was being a good movie, not a horny. No, movie. horny, right? That both. No, it was the both. Oh. Confusing. <laughs> oh. Which, <laughs> you have to answer the whole question when you're voting, and people voted <laughs> that they were not sure if it was good or horny. That's interesting. That is Which great. I'm sure filmmakers love. They love people dissecting their films in that way. Yeah. I and it, by the way, hosting a bracket was a lot of work. We didn't yes. realize that at the time. Yeah. Uh, and everybody was super passionate about the entries because they picked them. So it was a lot of like, you know, a lot of in the in the comments, people were kind of going back and forth a little bit, which we loved. We thought that was amusing. But, you know, if somebody somebody's feelings were hurt because Empire Records didn't make it to the end. Right. (laughs) Sorry. We didn't mean to provoke that. But, you know, do you guys I my classic horny or good movie? And I know the answer that I was just horny, but I was like 11 or 12. (laughs) And it was like the first time I was like excited by a movie was that Olivia Newton John roller skating vi- movie. Do you guys remember that roller skating movie? The Olivia is it Xanadu? Xanadu, yeah, yeah, Xanadu. Yeah, that movie. Wow, I was like, Kurt. well, this is a piece of cinema, classic, classic cinema. And yeah. then later I heard out like, paint the oh, walls. People think with that's it. a bad movie. <laughs> hey, I can't I can stop watching. Why. You, Gene Kelly was in it, so you thought, oh, I'm watching like classic, important <laughs> cinema. But you know. I want to meet the person who said, let's put Gene Kelly on roller skates. Yeah. <laughs> let's give this man a challenge in his later years. Yes. But I love this. We're already learning so much about you, Kurt. This uh, is great. Yeah. Right. Do you guys want to hear about this man who shipped himself somewhere? Please. I mean, of course. Yeah. This is, I'm so happy that this man exists. Yes. Uh, we okay. got sent this by a lot of bananas. We did get it sent by a lot. The first one I saw, that's the only one I can name, was Aaron Erdman. Aaron, that, that's Aaron. another. That's like a second, second or third call out for Aaron Erdman. So good job, Aaron. Uh, this the, the again the title. This man is looking for the friends who shipped him overseas in a crate in 1965. This is from Crazy. our favorite publication, CBC. Love you, uh, Canada. <laughs> and of course, and it's written by. CBC Radio looks like. Oh, what they uh... do. The CBC Radio (laughs) staff, they just transform real tales into human emotion (laughs) that pours into your eyes. Best in the business. Uh, Brian Robson is looking for the two Irishmen who helped stuff him into a wooden crate in 1965 and ship him home from the UK in the mail. Oh, yes. This just took a sinister turn. Oh, sinister turn. It's so amazing. <laughs> like, this is, like, you've always, uh, you've thought about this. You've yes. joked about this. This man did it. Uh, Robson was 19 and working in Australia when he and two buddies hatched and executed the unconventional Wait. plan. Uh, quote, the problem is, at the time, we made an agreement that it would be secret because none of us expected yeah, any publicity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the idea was what I would get into London... <laughs> And I would get out of the crate and disappear, go home, and nobody would be any wiser, Robson told, as it happens, host Carol off. Unfortunately, the whole thing went wrong. Oh, boy. Five decades later, no (laughs) shit. The the thing is, is like he makes it very far, which is the most amazing point. Um, 
So uh, I won't read this whole thing. It's a very, very long article. But essentially, uh, this guy, he went, he's from Cardiff, Wales. He went to Australia on an assisted immigration program to work for Victorian Railways. So, Mm -hmm. AKA prison. Yeah, exactly. He had to work for two years, and it was like grueling conditions, I think. Peeling potatoes and smashing rocks with hammers. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So he had to stay for two years, and he was like, fuck this. I want to get out of here. Uh, he didn't have enough money to get back home. So Robson and his two closest work buddies devised a scheme to mail him home. Uh, okay. Robson believes their names were Paul and John, but after sure. all these years, he can't remember their I surnames. I mean, buddy. Look, we got to know a I'm name. Hearing right now, I'm just hearing a tale of a white man that escaped slavery. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so the trio yep. bought a wooden crate that Robson barely fit inside with his knees folded up to his chest. Then they Gosh. nailed him in with a bottle, one bottle of water, a flashlight, an empty bottle for obvious reasons, a small suitcase, a pillow and a hammer to break out. OK. And then they like labeled it fragile and handle with care and all this shit. And it was scheduled wow. to fly from Melbourne to London within 36 hours. Um, Robson wow. ended up being inside the crate for five days. Oh, uh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Whoa. That it thing was, stank. I that know. Crate. Yeah. The oh, funk is what gave him away, I guarantee. For real. Mm. Uh, 36 quote, it was terrifying. Hours. You, said, Thir- you said that initially that he was supposed to get there in 36 hours. Yes, exactly. And this happened in 1965? 65? How uh, much 65. would it cost to send a package 36 hours in the mail in 19... 19- I'm just wondering how much yeah. they spent to ship a man. Like, So it looks like <laughs> you know the whole thing, if he flew, if he flew home, it would have cost him 700 pounds. And I think they shipped him for 40 pounds. Oh, um, that's smart. Look, that's a good rate. Yeah, that's smart. <laughs> that's a good rate. You can't argue with them. They're, they're good, at, econ- they're good at economics. I mean, you can't argue with these guys. They're money managers. Um, wow. So, so that bottle he, was pretty full. Um, yep. <laughs> there was an endless number of stopovers, and airport crews didn't pay much attention to the crate's labels. At one point, Robson said he was left upside down on a tarmac, literally sitting on his head for 24 hours because there wasn't enough room in a crate to turn around. Wow. He couldn't, and this is the best line he considered breaking free and abandoning the whole scheme. I played with the idea for a few seconds and convinced myself look, you've done all this. You cannot embarrass that's yourself. That's right. Now. Diminishing this returns. man is so British. Yeah. Yes. You're going ahead with it, and <laughs> yeah. that's it. Yes. And that but- is truly like the most <laughs> stoic British thing I've ever. Look, I'm upside down in a crate in the middle of nowhere. Oh. I got to do it, y'all. All our yes. Welsh listeners are screaming. He's not British. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Welsh. It's the Sorry. most Welsh thing. I, yeah, I don't know what, Welsh. what the Welsh are like. Catherine um, Zeta-Jones. Uh, there we go. Some, somebody else. Wally the <laughs> Walrus is there, I Richard think. Richard Burton? Uh, is he Welsh? I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. See, there you yeah. go. That's why. Thank God you're here. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> to name we painted a- movie <laughs> Um, so then the last 24 hours were really tough because he was, he was in a plane that didn't have enough oxygen. He kept passing in and out of Amazing. consciousness for six hours. Probably he the best he thing. thought he was going to die. Yes. Uh, he couldn't, it was freezing, couldn't move a muscle. And then so he broke out 
Uh, he was he was he he was in another airport when a worker finally noticed and peered into the hole in the side of the crate. He looked straight into my eye. Well, if there was an Olympic Games going on at the time, he'd have won for a backflip. I've never seen anybody backflip so far. Uh, so he was he just actually ruined this man's life. Like this man's mental health has never recovered. I guarantee. <laughs> yeah, he he thought that there was a dead body in the box. Like that's what they thought. Oh and God. so um, it turns out he was at JFK. Uh, oh, no. I've heard and of that. Look, Australia breaking rocks and peeling potatoes is much better than JFK. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And FBI, CIA, everybody is there. There's like 40 people when they open it up. Um, but then they said that he was like treated very well in America. He's like, I love the Americans. They thought it was very funny that I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. Of course we did. <laughs> <laughs> And then they just flew him home, but he's still never found um, the uh, his buddies, and that's who he's looking for. And he just wrote a book; you can go read it. It's called "The Crate Escape." Okay. Again, his name the is Crate Brian Escape. Robson. Very good. Oh, very cute. Crate, crate right? expectations. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> oh man, I hope crates he of wrath meets sure, them. Sure, sure. I guarantee that Brian has not paid for a round of drinks in years. I know, right? Just with that story, dining out on it. Well, Who would you send in a box somewhere? I can think of so many men I would just put in a box and be like, good luck. A few years ago, when I, whenever I fly home for the holidays, I start, I just mail all my clothes. Like I'm, cause in California, yeah. I don't need jackets or anything. So I just mail it like two weeks ahead. And it's, and so I just walk on the plane with a book bag and my laptop and then I walk off the, and I love it. I it's love like, it. it's just like the most professional way to travel. I highly recommend people doing it. I mean, I know, don't mail your valuables, but if it's just like your snow boots, and it, just mail it. It's so fun. You feel like you're catch me if you can or something. You feel like you're just like, ah, I'm good. Watch this. I, <laughs> That's like Oprah level. Like I heard that Oprah has you know homes everywhere and apartments everywhere, and she just leaves clothes and oh, yeah. just hops on her plane and goes. And yes. It's so freeing. As you should. You don't I'm want to be bringing your level. toothpaste yes. on your fucking on your <laughs> private jet. Have the toothpaste there. Oprah, you can afford my, my two toothpaste. Yeah. <laughs> I can fly my toothbrusher and leave the toothbrush behind. That's right. Stedman will handle it. He's been doing it for four decades. <laughs> That's incredible. I remember, so I really hope he finds these, these people because I, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on Hot... I probably have mentioned it on Bananas, but it was very, very early. And I think it's time to update it because COVID got update. in the way of this. Yeah, brain fog. Um, Right before COVID, I have this photograph. I'll post it on the Instagram. Uh, my my grandmother ran a dance studio in oh, Asbury Park, New Jersey, yes. uh, when I was like four and five years old. Yep. And my mom would leave me there to just because she had to work, and so I she would put me in classes. So I was in like tap dance classes. Mm-hmm. I was the only boy, mm-hmm. and I have a series of photographs. Yes. One of which is uh, just me. We're all five years old, uh, and it's all the little girls are bees. They're all bees, and then it's just me in the background, Tall. and I'm dressed as what I think is honey. Like, I'm not a bee, <laughs> but I'm, like, dressed in yellow and white. <laughs> yes. And so I have this photograph, and I, what I'm trying to do is find all of the women oh, yeah. from Asbury Park at that time to recreate this photo. COVID got in the way, but hopefully we're coming out it. of it, and we can recreate this photo. If you were in a dance class at Dorothy S. Ferris Studios 
in uh, Asbury Park, New Jersey, around 1981. Let's get together and have a photo. I will post the B photo. It's incredible. On the Instagram. It's incredible. Will you will you get a new honey costume? Is the question. Oh, fuck yeah! Everybody's oh, yeah. getting an, the exact replica of what we were wearing. They were intense <laughs> and beautiful. Also, because it's Asbury Park, as someone who grew up in New York, I have to say, I regret to inform you that at least three of those women have died at the Stone Pony. <laughs> There's oh, a no. very good chance. A hundred percent. Well, we got What's the name? Say the name of the dance studio one more time, Kurt, just so. It was the Dorothy S. Farah Dance Studio. Ask your friends. East Coasters, ask your friends if they danced when they were little and they were ever be in a recital. We got to yep. make this photo happen again. We got to find it. Got to start a Reddit, a Reddit board or whatever to get the investigators on the case. They can, Hell yeah. Yeah. They can find the bees. <laughs> we so. need Jensen get and Holes. Get the true crime sleep. Yeah, get yeah, Jensen, you need Jensen Holes. and Holes. I'm calling Jensen. <laughs> Holes is busy. I'm calling Billy. Billy and I have a good I conversation. Did, yeah. I did. this outfit. <laughs> I did actually. I have a. I have a guy who just from doing old pranks with um, billboards. He's a guy who works at one of these billboard companies and he runs all the digital billboards on the East Coast. So he's like, throw me, throw the image. We'll make a couple billboards. And so we started making billboards and putting them up in New Jersey. And you found Um, a couple, right? Didn't you find a couple of ladies? Yeah, I think I found like five. I think I found five of them. What? We're almost there. In that case, I got fingered by someone at Max Fish in 1990. (laughs) Six. Would love to find out who the fuck that was. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. a great billboard. Ever finger somebody at Max Fish in 1995? I might be that person. Yeah. <laughs> 26,000 people show up and they're just like, all we did there was finger people. That's what Max Fish was for. Loud That's music, what Max Fish cans was of for. beer, and fingering strangers. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that went out of business. R.P. Max Fish, right? It, I think it, it did. It yeah. I think, oh, but yeah. we all it's have a memory. It. Okay, it's give me another one. Here's a fun one uh, sent in by Tia Marie Riley on Instagram. Thank you so much. Uh, bank robber gets away with heist because witnesses were distracted by his ugly tie. Okay, what? yeah, this was written by Courtney Brogel at Newsweek. Brogel. Thank you, Courtney Brogel. Um, <laughs> One of the best of what she does. Not the Brogel best. Brogel in the biz. Yeah, she's the Brogel in the biz. Witnesses can't describe... The, <laughs> this is so good. Witnesses can't describe the face of a man who robbed a bank at gunpoint in central Germany on Tuesday because he wore a colorful 1980s-style tie that distracted them. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. boy. Uh, this is a bizarre bank heist for the books. German police are on the hunt for a burglar whose style choices were so hideous that no witnesses were later later able to identify him. According to the report from local German paper, Der Spiegel, <laughs> Der Spiegel, a bank just outside of Frankfurt, was robbed on Tuesday. The man who cops confirm was armed with a black pistol demanded the teller hand over an unknown amount of cash before he fled the scene. However, the criminal's appalling 1980s-style tie was so distracting to both employees and patrons that witnesses could not recount any other details of the man's appearance. (laughs) Wait a minute. Is this like all he was wearing was the tie? (laughs) I guess guess the Frankfurters have a really high eye for 
style and aesthetics. Uh, they estimated him to be in his early 20s, so maybe he's in his 20s. He can definitely tie a tie, but they could not provide any other details. Uh, as of now, German officials believe the costuming choice was intentional. Quote, he did it cleverly, said police. Oh, a police spokesman said to Der Spiegel. Everyone focused on the ugly tie and didn't pay attention to his face. The cops are still searching for the fugitive at large. Wow. What, do you, what do you think this tie looked like? Because colorful isn't enough. Did it have like a Paisley Garfield situation? <laughs> Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> keyboard, like those keyboard ties. Mm-hmm. It was Cubert, and people were like, I haven't played Cubert in years. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it is I jarring. love that a tie is the equivalent to like... Uh, like scrambling facial recognition software in our brain. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's amazing. That's he's, People are he's going a genius. To such great lengths to like develop this. You know, you can paint your face with this makeup, and you can't be seen by cameras. All you need is a thrift store tie, y'all. That's right. <laughs> Simple. I was, I was given my uncle. One of my uncles gave me. I don't know, like a hundred ties when I turned eight. Uh, because when you're I a man was now, Kurt. High school, yeah, exactly. Like you're a man now. They were terrified, terrified that I was gay. And they <laughs> gave me ties. Because I was like, you know, my uncle's like, you can't be just raised by a woman. And uh, so they gave me all these ties to make me straight. So straight. <laughs> and, um, and they were the ugliest it ties. It And it worked. Oh, it totally worked. And, uh, but I went to an all-boys high school where you had to wear a tie, a Catholic school. Oh, boy. And, uh, and so I would always have on just these, like, lunatic asylum <laughs> fucking, all, like, so wide out to, like, both of my tits and then back in for a triangle. Uh, yep. Like, the craziest ties. Like, but, seven feet long. Mm-hmm. I used to buy ties. Um, there was a thrift store in the basement of the church uh, in my town. And I went and bought a bunch of ties at a bag sale. I got a bunch of ties for a dollar. And I made a skirt out of them. Like, I just sewed a skirt. And I was, mm, oh, that's awesome. So cool. mm-hmm. And it was in eighth grade. And I'm like, um, this is awesome. And then the show Blossom came on. Yep. Oh, no. And Blossom had a tie skirt. And Whoa. if you want to ask me if I ever watched Blossom, I didn't because I held it against her forever. <laughs> I am a vendetta-holding mother. You, can, you should like, nope. keep holding it against her new show, Cat, or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, I won't watch that cat show. <laughs> nope. I don't care if she's a neuroscientist now. I don't care what's going on. I, she copied my skirt as far as I was concerned. You really can tell, though, like, y'all watch a lot of movies from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. You can kind of tell by the men's fashion as much as the women's. Like, you can put it, like, that tie and that suit, you're like, oh, God. Like, uh, all the Verhoeven movies, all the men wear, like, very specific style of suits and tie. It's, it's funny that this tie was so horrendous. I'm guessing colorful. That it yeah. just, tr- their eyes went directly down to, like, God, now I, I really want, I want him to catch him so we can all see this tie. So bad. Yeah. <laughs> and did he keep it or did he just let it loose to, like, for the next person to find if they wanted to rob a bank? Is it like the, sis- the sisterhood of the traveling pants, but it's a tie for bank robbers? <laughs> for bank robbers. <laughs> oh, God. It's so good. Uh, are you ready for, to tease us in here, Scotty? Give us a little teaserino into the sweet commercial break. Okay, which one? Which one is this? I'll I'll do this one since this is since you guys have a movie podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's title is Topher Grace confronted a heckler during a predator screening and made him cry. Okay, <laughs> Toph. 
Toph getting in on him. It's not a crazy wow. title, but it'll wet your whistle for what's going on. <laughs> Bananas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Bananas. Uh, We just want to say, if you are listening to this... Yes. Go on Instagram right now. Give us a follow, the Bananas Podcast, and DM us any of your strange news. Also, DM us your strange stories from your own personal life. We'll put them in a mini-sode or two. Boy, Uh, oh boy, oh boy. Oh, also, uh, I don't know when this is coming out, but it might be, you know, I'm doing some shows in Portland... May 13th, 14th, and 15th at Helium, uh, where there's links on the banana page. And also, just added, Scotty. Yes, sir. I'm going to be in Philadelphia at Helium, June 17th, 18th, and 19th. Oh, my gosh. Philly, baby. Philly Bananimals, South Jersey Bananimals, Board Mid-Atlantic Bananimals. Get in your cars. Go laugh at Curdy B doing comedy. You'll be glad you did. There's probably only a one-drink minimum because the quarantine still continues. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I bet you there's two-drink minimum. Yep. But it's I was socially lying. distanced. Um, and also, if anybody... I had a couple people call the banana phone this week and ask about our theme. You can get our theme song by Kahan, K-A-Y-H-A-N-N, on Bandcamp. It's called the Bananas Podcast Theme, and we love Kahan, and we love our theme song, so buy it make it your ringtone make it your page all the money tone. goes to Kahan babies yeah. we don't get we baby, don't get a non babies why did babies, I call them babies babies <laughs> adult babies that was a know. new thing I, that was a swingers thing what, what happened we have uh, Danielle and Millie as our very special guests from the I saw what you did podcast how thank dare you. you thank you <laughs> thank you for being here tell us a little bit more about the pod for maybe bananimals that are so stupid they've never listened to your podcast before millie take it away um so our podcast uh features danielle and myself and we talk about um double features that have a fun crazy iman- imaginative theme um every yes. week so They're we're great. basically going through um, old films, uh, don't really do too many new, new films, but we do, you know, we do it once in a while. Um, and we just kind of talk about, you know, the sort of through lines between both and, um, it's a lot of fun and, uh, it's great. yeah, it's cool. I learned from your podcast. I had never heard this before. Kurt, tell me if you've heard this, that hmm. sleepless in Seattle might be a Jeff Bezos origin story. Am I getting that right? You've got mail. You've got, got mail. mail. You've got, got mail. mail. You've got mail. That's right. You've got Which mail. Is a, movie, <laughs> a movie that should end in a fist fight. They should not be in a relationship. That's right. You've he got mail. He closed down your mom's store that she built with her own little bony hands. <laughs> and now you're falling in love with him just because he's Tom Hanks and you have AOL? That's not how this movie goes. And now we all have Amazon Prime, Amazon Fresh, Amazon everything, all because you've got mail. I had never heard that theory before, and I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're just we're, we're, we're outing villains on our show. Good. Oh, I that's, love that's it. That's what we're doing. Good. Wait, was the, uh, like, I'm trying to remember it because I can't. Was the whole, like, kooky premise that like they got emails from each other 
It was that they were <laughs> messaging each other. And yeah, like they, they kind like, of And met. people were like, can you believe it? They met and they did it with emails. <laughs> they met online. And this, I say uh, this as someone, I met my ex-husband on a comic book forum. Yes. So I know from what I speak <laughs> when I say <laughs> that in the, in the 90s, it was all new territory. Mm-hmm. And this is the wildest thing you could have done. And you could have, there weren't too many killers back then using the internet. Yeah, there killers, a lot yeah. Using the internet. Killers were still like so cutting just, razor blade magazines and like gluing little notes with letters. And then all of a sudden <laughs> know, they were like, yeah. you can send mail directly to that person. <laughs> I can stop sticking these nails through this apple and yes. just leaving it on a porch for a child. <laughs> I, I remember my brother. My brother was really into computers. And probably in like like 92 or something he must have been like he must have been 14 years old he they was going on this thing that at the time was called modemia oh and it was god like, and it was literally it was called modemia <laughs> that's me and it was just yeah. a message board where you could just post messages sure it was like he had like a 1200 baud modem or whatever and it made like the booty he had like put a phone on it and we would like tip tap and everybody had like cyber. It was so cyberpunk. Everyone had like Mona Lisa Overdrive. Oh boy! And <laughs> That's right. That's and everyone so right. was just talking about like pizza and like going to like Chuck E. Cheese. It was the best. It was all a bunch of fourteen and fifteen year olds. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. I want to do um, one other thing. I have to mention because I've forgotten to do it for the last two recordings, and it's also because one thing about bananas is we we're, we're kind of an escape. They're great, Quar. We really don't ever talk about COVID, but I, I got this text, and I have to tell you, Kurt. Mm-hmm. So this is from Zach from Dayton, Ohio, texted the banana phone, 213-214-7974. Um, and I'm going to read exactly what he sent me. Yes, please. Scotty, I had a COVID scare the other day. I woke up and my chest hurt and I couldn't taste anything. So I panicked and I called into work and quarantined myself and set up a test for the next day. I was so afraid when my wife got home from work i told her and she said how drunk were you last night you smoked an entire pack of cigarettes and burned your whole (laughs) mouth on a hot dog (laughs) the test came back negative so our boy zach just got ripped shit drunk smoked so much he couldn't smell anything and then burned his tongue so bad on a hot hot dog that he couldn't taste anything i love that man so much that's a heroic. That's a heroic man right there. Exactly. That's someone I want to hang out with and venerate. That's right. So, gosh, yeah. So, uh, hangover or the disease, you never know. Hangover or COVID. Here's your bracket. I, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember early in the choir, I had that a bunch of times where I was just like, "Oh no, did I get it?" And I'm just like, "Nor is it a hangover. I'll just wait till 4 p.m." Uh, <laughs> I can smell the vodka. We're fine. Do you want to well, hear especially, about... Especially in LA, it's like, is it allergies? Yes. Yeah, sure. Allergies. Yeah. Sure. It's allergies. Uh, I'm not dying. There's <laughs> so many allergies this year. Okay. This is... Topher Grace confronted a heckler during a predator screening and made him cry. This was sent in by J.T. McCormick. Uh, this is Thank from you. The Playlist. And okay. it is uh, written by Charles... Charles Barfield. Uh, okay. One of the... <laughs> His, One of the best in the biz. His very nervous ancestor <laughs> fought in the Civil War and just vomited as soon as guns started firing right on the Barfield. Old Barfield. Uh, General Barfield. This is, this is, it's written in a very strange tone, but here we go. Okay. Look, 
It starts off with look. Oh, yeah, bad. Uh, so it is journalism. Look, with all due respect to Topher Grace, as he is a fine talent that is really smart and passionate about film, mm-hmm. why else would you spend hours re-editing the Star Wars franchise, which I did not know that Topher Grace did? Oh. He, it would be really funny if Topher, Topher Grace did not do that. <laughs> anyway. I think it was uh, he's not a, quote, normal celebrity actor guy. Okay. And that perception only gets validated further after hearing him talk about an incident between him and a fan during a screening of the oft-forgotten Predators. Um, speaking right. to People TV, uh, Grace talked about a particular screening for the 2010 sci-fi action from Predators. Weird movie. In the film, the actor plays a character that is real, revealed to be a bit of a madman murderer. Mm-hmm. But there was one scene that took a lot of emotional output from Grace that caused a heckler... <laughs> In the theater. (laughs) To speak up and annoy him, Grace said that he was sitting in front of a, quote, macho dude during a scene when the character is revealed to be a bad guy and starts crying. Quote, Spoilers. My character starts crying because his foot's in a trap and you kind of have to feel for him. And then it's revealed that he's a psycho. (laughs) Explained Grace. (laughs) And so I start crying. It was a hard day at work for me to, like, get there. And also, you're playing two different characters, kind of. So I'm watching this film in the movie theater, and this guy goes... This guy's crying like a little bitch. <laughs> Not Tove. Not our sweet baby Tove. Oh, Tove. First off, uh, right away, I'm on the guy, the heckler side. 100%. Uh, immediately. Yes. It's very funny to yell in the theater that is a screening. It is a screening. <laughs> That's a this ballsy is, move. This is not a matinee at just your normal theater. This is you signed up to go see a movie with people who made the film. Yeah. This is someone who brought a regrettable date to what they thought was going to be a cool event. Yes. <laughs> and so then Topher is sitting directly in front of this guy. Unbelievable. But this guy doesn't know. So he added, I turn around and I go, what's up now? <laughs> Which, <laughs> Which is the is- hardest thing you can say. That's the hardest thing. <laughs> no, no little bitch has ever said something so just rock stone cold, just cuts Chilling. right into your soul. <laughs> This, it seems like he's playing his character from yeah. Ocean's 12. You yep. know what I mean? <laughs> right. uh, where he's, he's like doing the. Isn't yeah, right? <laughs> and so he says, What's up now? And this is Topher talking. Mm-hmm. And this guy's mind exploded. Tope. He was like, Oh my God, you're here and you're on the screen. I think it was the most scared I'd ever seen someone in a movie theater because he realized, like, I was the serial killer. And then I turned around in front of him. He started crying. It was great. I wonder if the night before Topher Grace smoked a bunch of cigarettes and ate a hot dog. (laughs) This sounds like a story that you that this is a drunken retelling. This is <laughs> this is a people TV. This is a crazy thing to be like, oh, what does People Magazine, the television show, want to know? Uh, oh, me making a heckler, uh, making a man cry uh, mm-hmm. in a movie theater. So That's anyway, crazy. I mean, we got to take. We only are getting one side of this story, and it's Big Tove. Yep. So if Tove yeah. says he scared somebody into tears by saying. What's up now? Or What's what up it? now? Yeah. Oh gosh. By referencing no. a spinoff of a great '80s TV show. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing doing like the rerun dance. <laughs> <laughs> What's up now? <laughs> Also, knowing there's security 
hired by the studio at every exit so that he doesn't just have to be yeah. tough. He has to be tough for one sentence. And thankfully, and that guy cried because he didn't understand that movies aren't real. Um, <laughs> <laughs> big day for tough. What I love most is the notion that um, the guy's mind exploded because he doesn't understand the physics yeah. of an actor being in real right? life and in a movie. Yeah. So, also, what? that what? Topher Grace would be somehow uh, upset or insulted that he's like talking to him. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That guy's heckling just the character crying on like what yes. is so confusing and upsetting. Have you guys had like uh, what's like the craziest audience yes. experience in a movie theater Great you question. guys have had? Great question. Okay. So uh, New York City's wild. Yes. And uh, oh, yeah. I just moved here a few years ago but uh, when the last Star Wars film came out. Okay. I went and saw, went by myself, you know, it was around Christmas time. And I, I was love like, oh, I love going to movies at Christmas. So I went by myself, sat down, and from the minute my butt hit the seat, mm-hmm. I saw the fight coming. Oh, yes. Not for me, but for the first time ever. Um, there was a, a child in the front that was just banging on the armrest. <laughs> and banging. Love that. Banging. And then this man stood up as the lights went down. And started shouting at this toddler. No, no. Like, are you going to stop banging on the goddamn seat? And the parent stood up and was like, are you talking to my kid? Just fight broke out instantly. <gasps> Star Wars, like the, the credits are going. Things are rolling. And they fought for about two minutes. Watched <sighs> the movie. Okay. And then went out in the lobby at the end as we were all walking out. And they fought. They almost, I think they had a fist fight. Nice. Oh, my came God. To blows. Oh, my Jeez. God. Makes it was pretty dope. That's amazing. The best part of that is everyone's at fault there. Yep. The person 100%. who brought a toddler to opening night of Star Wars and the guy who's mad at a fucking child. Yep. They're, exactly. Everybody's no an asshole. I love my it. My other favorite movie experience of, of, date, of late is that um, I took one of my white friends to see um, Straight Outta Compton yes. at a movie theater in Harlem mm-hmm. where I lived. Mm-hmm. And we sat down and this guy kind of walks in and spills his popcorn instantly and the whole audience is heckling him. And I don't <laughs> I think he'd ever that. been in like a, like a participatory movie before because uh-huh. the minute people started talking, he was like, are we going to be okay? Are we going to get shot? And I'm like, you, you need to know more black people than me. <laughs> yeah. Don't jump to that. Like, don't jump to, are we going to get jump. shot? That's a crazy jump. No, we're just going to talk during the movie, weirdo. We're going to talk during the movie and laugh a lot. A lot. <laughs> he was so, so, so skittish about it. It made me laugh oh, so God. much. I had to uh, think, like, so Danielle and I once, like, I got to say, this was right before the pandemic, and I think it was at the Arclight, which, you know. R.I.P. Arclight. R.I.P. Mm. We It'll saw John Wick 3 at the Great Arclight. Movie. And mm. <laughs> so the best. And she and I were screaming laughing the entire yes. movie because it's just so incredible. <laughs> we so love funny. the franchise. Big fans of John Wick. Me too. Mm-hmm. I, I keep thinking. We were having such a great time that if the person in front of us turned around and it was Keanu Reeves, would we cry? Yep. Like, would we cry? If he confronted us to be like, stop laughing at my serious art. I'm doing a thing here. <laughs> like, you know, whatever. Yes. Would you not be able to understand the disconnect between what's happening on the screen and the person that's yes. in front of you enough to be really upset by it? I don't know. Look, if. If Keanu Reeves turned around from in front of us and said, what's up now? I would just grab him and hug him. Yes. Be like, what's up is that I love you. I love yes. you. You're such a Honestly, good guy. And if- the people in front of us did turn around. 
and say something to us, right? Yeah, oh, they did, really? but they thought it was funny, which was great. Like they were like, we oh, we appreciated your laughter and your and your oh, joyfulness good. at the greatest movie that's ever been, you know. <laughs> and I just was like, yeah, I I can't imagine like crying because I wouldn't understand that Topher Grace was not in the physical realm I, and on the screen. That's very I feel interesting. Like- I feel like if we heard that guy, the heckler's side of the story, it would have been, so then Topher Grace turned around and said, so I said, look at this little bitch crying. Then Topher turned around and said, what up now? And I'd be like, oh shit, the little bitch is here. (laughs) And then I started cry laughing. (laughs) I have have so many movie theater stories. I think I used to just go to the movies a lot, and I really just love when things go wild. I've told a couple, but I really have... It's. I'll just roll them out over the, the yeah. length of bananas. But there's this one that fits with this where my friend Skip and I in college, they built a new movie theater. They built a stadium seating movie theater. And you get, remember that? That was like game oh, changer. Huge. Biggest invention. Totally. Yeah. And since it was near a, it was near five colleges, so at this crappy mall that we all called the Dirt Mall, they had a brand new movie theater, and it was five bucks during the day for students. You had to show your student ID. It was amazing. So Skip and I bought two forties, and we put them in paper bags. He was t- over twenty one. I definitely wasn't. And we went to see Training Day. So yes. we go into Training Day, and it's middle of the day on like a Wednesday, and we're we probably sat like three rows deep or two rows deep. Pretty empty theater, a few couples and stuff around. And the movie starts, and we just crack open the 40s, cheers, and start drinking along. And also, I really like that movie. So there was this one guy and his mom, like 20 rows back. And he's explaining everything loudly to his elderly mother. <laughs> and, but, like, really loudly. Like, um, okay, so th- he's a cop, and it's his first day, and they, they're, not det- they're working together. <laughs> and so it's annoying as shit, but Skip and I, and I'm underage, so I'm just trying not to get in trouble for drinking 40 ounces of beer during a movie. And finally, this other gentleman says, pardon me, would you mind not talking during the movie? And the guy who's been talking the whole movie goes, pardon me, would you mind if I ripped your fucking face off? And then we all turn around. Damn. We all turn around. I instantly put my 40 in my like jacket and put it between my feet. And the guy who said pardon me politely is like 6'6", wearing a blue and black flannel shirt, like a lumberjack. He goes, what did you say? Walks over to the nerdy guy and his mom. The mom goes, he didn't mean it. He didn't mean it. And, and he's like, stand up. He's like, say that to me again and the guy's like what's your problem he's like you're talking during the movie you're ruining the movie for everybody skip and i are like cracking up laughing half drunk i mean this is also five minutes into the movie like the the tensions in the movie hadn't risen yet but the guy's like if you say one more word i'm gonna kick your fucking ass and the mom's like don't and then he sits back out and he was silent the rest of the movie but it was like to say, pardon me, do you mind if I rip off your fucking face and then just hide behind your mom? It was so good. Anyways. Beautiful. Great movies. This is how I feel. I feel feel the same way. Like, I'm I'm the lumberjack in that scenario in that (laughs) if Topher Grace had said anything to me, I don't think I would have freaked out because I'm six feet tall, man. Yeah. Come at me, bro. Yeah, you could take Topher. Give it a shot. You could take Topher. You can clothesline Toph, no problem. <laughs> I will say, I saw the most joyful movie experience I've had. Um, I saw Magic Mike XXL with Hello. a friend of mine in, in the theater in Union Square. Mm-hmm. I had not seen the first Magic Mike. It's very good. So I didn't know what I was in for. Oh, yeah. And what I was in for was a party. Oh, I yeah. had never, I've never <laughs> been in a, such a raucous theater environment. 
at one point, there was a woman who was so excited by what was happening on screen, she <laughs> threw a kitchen sponge at the screen. <laughs> like a sponge what? just landed next to my feet. What? And I'm like, did she just bring her groceries in here? And now she's just chucking cans oh, of soup. And like, that got I've me never good. been that horny in my life. That is Whoa. so funny. <laughs> Clean up aisle Diane. <laughs> <laughs> she's loving XXL. Man. <laughs> Am I up? Oh, man. Yep, give us, give us, uh, we'll see if we can fix it. Yeah, we might be able to squeeze a shorty one. in after this. Okay, this was sent in by a ton of people. Thank you to all our beautiful bananas, the bananas podcast at Gmail, the bananas podcast on Instagram. That's it. Um, Mafia Fugitive caught after posting cooking show on YouTube. Uh, this was sent in by Gossett.Sarah, so, so I'm guessing Sarah Gossett. Thank you so much, Sarah. You're one of the best. Uh, and this was by BBC.com. They never, they never say they're writers. BBC staff just hates individualism. Uh, a fugitive Italian <laughs> gangster. They do it for the queen. They do it for the queen. God, what a family. Uh, a fugitive Italian gangster's urge to show off his cooking skills has landed him in, in jail after seven years on the run. Seven years. Seven years. Italian police tracked down Mark Farron Claude Birat, 53, through culinary videos he had uploaded to YouTube. Already, Mark, what are you doing, bud? What are you doing? How good is your food? (laughs) While he carefully hid his face, he failed to disguise his body tattoos. Man, wear a tie. If if this show teaches you anything, it's wear an ugly tie, Mark (laughs) Ferenc-Claude Burak. Oh, boy. Tattoo an ugly tie somewhere on your body. Yes. Oh, that's a good tattoo. Um, the alleged member of the I will butcher this, and I did no research. We're going to go with Nangreta crime family was arrested. I mean, apostrophe N D R A N G H E T A. Nangreta. That's how Scotty gets killed. <laughs> Somebody's putting a hit out on you right Nangretta. now. <laughs> I know for Italian people. I'm safe. Crime. Uh, so he was arrested in the Dominican Republic where he was hiding last Wednesday and has already been extradited back to Italy. Uh, Biart or Biarte uh, was reportedly leading a quiet life in Boca Chica. You know, sounds like he had it made. Uh, but then, so he's been on the run since 2014. He was wanted by police for allegedly uh, trafficking cocaine into the Netherlands. Hilarious. On behalf of uh, that mafia that I cannot pronounce. It's considered <laughs> one of the most... Uh, well, we're going to try again. Nangreta. I think it is that. <laughs> it's not. Uh, it's considered... That's my new ringtone. Yeah, Nangreta. <laughs> it, it's very Nangreta. It's considered one of the world's most powerful organized crime groups uh, because it controls most of the cocaina entering Europe. It is based in uh, Calabria, the region that forms the tip of Italy's boot for visual learners out there. You know what we're talking about. That's the ass-kicking end of the boot. Mm-hmm. That's the business end of the boot. Yeah. <laughs> and if anybody's watching zero 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 on Amazon Prime, which I encourage you to, it's pretty good. This is where it all takes place in Calab- Calab- well, one Calabria. of the three locations. Yeah, Calabria. My dad is from the other side of the boot. My dad is from the heel of the boot. What? So. Cool. Nice. Where? Well, what's that area called? It's called Bari. Well, the, the region is called, um, now I forgot, but it's um, the town booty, that booty. he's from is Bari. So. Great. Yeah. Sounds nice. I love it. I know Love only about visit. the lower boot. I don't know the top part. So, 
Mario Batali's from the top. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The alleged clan boss, Luigi Mancuso, an easy name. Thank you. That's why he's the boss. Easy name. Yeah. Uh, is known as the uncle. Other members bo- go by nicknames like the Wolf, Fatty, and Blondie. Um, they are now facing justice in the biggest trial Italy has seen in decades. There are 355 are alleged mobsters and corrupt officials who have been charged after an investigation. This is going to be a Netflix series for sure. But this is all because he had to. He had to have a YouTube cooking channel. Show? I think they were looking for him. I think he's part of the roundup. I think they cast he's that part rope. of the roundup, but this is how they found one of these 350 B. This is amazing. Amazing. Like, this yeah. guy was living the life. He's in Boca Chica in the he DR. Just had to get on YouTube oh, yeah. and show people how to make fettuccine Alfredo. Yes, <laughs> the most Italian dish there is. <laughs> The most authentically he, Italian. He would just sit and look at that camera, mocking him year after year. I don't have a, a cooking show on YouTube. I have all the money in the world. I live in Calabria, but I don't have my own YouTube cooking show. And it it's drove insane. him fucking crazy. It did. He had to get his noodles and, out there, man. In the Netflix version of this show, a 14-year-old uh, daughter of an FBI agent is the one that caught him. Yeah. I think you're yeah, right. Like, look at this show, Dad. This it, is a great look. I learned how to make fettuccine Alfredo. It's like I recognize what? that. That's my guy. I recognize that tattoo of a lamb. It's, do either of you have tattoos? Do you have any d- discernible? I do not. I don't even know if you can see it. Kurt I has some dots homemade that I ones. I gave myself. Nice. <laughs> They're very nice. meaningful. Those, are, those look like uh, the kind of dots they put on you when you're about to have a major <laughs> surgical. <laughs> event yeah it's just like in so you in, could do you could do crimes you can have cooking shows yeah i can i don't think people would notice those dots yeah. they have to no. really zoom in it is so strange like it you just wonder he's 53 he's he's been on the land for seven years so you're feeling pretty safe i i'm guessing but like so. uh yeah it must have been popular enough i mean how else would he have been found this guy must have been one hell of a little chef because it's like for enough people to watch and be like look at these unique tattoos i'm gonna get in touch with interpol it's very strange (laughs) Um, yeah Yeah. and also too the idea that he would have probably been fine if he just hadn't if he if he had covered up his tattoos like he might have been okay wear a long sleeve shirt yeah and stay off the internet stay off the internet if you're a guy if you're a criminal (laughs) On the run, you cannot use the internet. That's the life you give up when you when you leave the Nangreta. Yeah, get into bird watching. <laughs> it's beautiful. Karina Newsom, the great birder who we've had on here. Karina will will show you any bird you want to see. She'll she'll send you a book and binoculars. <laughs> She's wonderful. You don't Mark Ferren Claude Birat. You don't need to cook pasta while living in the Dominican Republic, and post it on YouTube. Put it on TikTok, you bozo. YouTube is tired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, do you want to have one last one? To Squeeze home, one guys? in there. Let's wrap it up tight, Curdy. This one was sent in by Copy Haste, classic Copy Haste. This was inspired by Is It Good or Was I Horny? Mm. This is from the Smithsonian Magazine. The title of this wonderful and amazing article is mm-hmm. Nine of the Weirdest Penises in the Animal Kingdom. There we go. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. Has my phone been hacked? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I'm so sorry about that, Danielle. 
I am so this, sorry. We hack phones. The tagline is really good. This is by Corin Wetzel, best in the biz. Obviously Short list of some of biz. nature's most curious phalluses from the echidna's foreheaded unit to the dolphin's prehensile member. Okay. The, Amount that she had to use the source.com for dick is amazing. <laughs> um, so, so yes, the echidna has a four-headed penis. Okay. The, seems like too many. Uh, Dolph seems has too many. They only use two of the heads at a time. Doesn't Weird. make any sense to me. The dolphin has its prehensile, which means it can grab backwards like a hand. Real weird. Nobody needs that. No. Nobody needs that. How does that come in handy in the ocean? Yeah, maybe a magician a- or apparently, something. Apparently, <laughs> that uh, says a prehensile penis helps male navigate the complex labyrinth-like reprodu- reproductive tracts of female dolphins. Okay. Hang on a second. Mm-hmm. So what we're saying here mm-hmm. is that this dick Problem. shoots out, <laughs> the hand starts opening up, and going through a roller coaster of tubes... <laughs> Sounds like a party. Because, like, that's how they've evolved? <laughs> yeah. Just give, put a hand on that dick to get through all these tubes. Yeah, there's no also, intelligent design. This is a great... Uh, dolphins don't just use their penises for baby making either. Bottlenose dolphins frequently copulate for pleasure, often with members of the same sex. Dolphin sex doesn't cool. last long, only 10 seconds. But males can ejaculate multiple times Yeah, that's times not long at all. Um... Oh, uh, there's the fencing with a phallus. The flatworm engages in penis fights. Okay, it's that makes more worm. sense. Yeah, flatworm, yep. you don't have much going for you anyways. You've got to make a show of it. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, the whale. Blue whales are the largest creatures ever to roam the earth, and they certainly have the phallus to match. Blue whales' penises <laughs> range between God. 8 and 10 feet <laughs> with a foot-long diameter. Each of its testes can weigh up to 150 pounds and can ejaculate gallons of sperm in a single go. Okay. Well, that just ruined my life. Yeah. Yes. I need to know that. It's so yeah. upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> that is wow. Deeply upsetting information. Save the whales. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I went to a wedding. Kurt, you know, yes. Heather Lawless and Jeff Buchanan, our friends from New York. Heather's a great comic. Jeff's a director, editor. I really went great to college people. with Jeff. You did? I you did. did. I did. Nice. Where did you yeah. go? It, Emory? It, I went to Georgia State University in oh, Atlanta. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yep. That's cool. Yeah, he's a super nice guy. They got mm-hmm. married in Cherokee, North Carolina, and I'll cut to I'll cut to the heart of the matter. So I didn't really know that many people. I was sort of new to New York, and they were new friends, but uh, we were getting closer, so I was invited. I go down. I camped. I slept in a tent at the Scooby-Doo campground. Uh, I was the only person that did that. It's hard to put a suit on in a tent. I learned that lesson. It is. I've done that. I've done that. Very hard. Um, But at the rehearsal dinner, it had to get moved, and it ended up in the casino there. There's a Harris Casino, and it was really fun. And it was all these really great comics that I were big fans of but I didn't know. So I'm just kind of hanging back. I'm having some drinks. And then it's a bunch of Jeff's local friends from Georgia or North Carolina. And... uh, at the after party back at the main hotel where the main hotel bar was, everybody else is but me staying. Like, I get it. All the groomsmen are drunk and they're joking around. This one guy jokes that he came out of the bathroom really fast because he has two penis holes. And this other guy and Jeff was there. They were like, how long are you going to keep saying that? He's like, I really do. And they were like, he's been saying, they're like, Scotty, he's been saying this for like 20 years. And he's like, <laughs> but I do. And he was like, do you want to see? And I go, yeah, sure. So we walk back in, me and the best man, and he pulls his penis out, and he had two penis holes. And he really did. 
Are you the first ones that ever checked in the 20 year history of this show? Yes. <laughs> yes. And so the, I, this other guy, I go, he really does. And this other friend comes in and he looks at it. So now I, it's a man I've never seen before since. <laughs> Didn't need to, honestly. <laughs> I got all the information I needed. You did. But they were vertical. They were on top of each other. They were like buttons. There were two dots. And he had two penis holes. Like, and um, we walked back out. And then everybody was like blown away. But honestly, not that surprised. Everybody was like, oh, okay. Like, it doesn't. <laughs> he wasn't lying. This one, they just thought it was a bit. Also, what a weird bit to carry on right. for that long. Yeah. To be able it to didn't. brag that you piss faster because you have two holes. That yeah. was the yes. or wow. That's crazy. Yeah. I Double I would have loved it if you if you brought you in there and he didn't have two penis holes and he's just like, For twenty years, I just wanted one of these guys to look at my dick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy you finally did, Scotty. You've you've, you've made yeah. me feel whole. I can stop talking about this. Yeah, yeah you gave him like, that absolutely. validation that he needed yeah. for that. That's really yeah. great. I thought you were going to go in that bathroom and he was going to piss in your eye. Yeah. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Bummer. I, um, I've got two holes. Take a look. <laughs> no, it was. It was. And it was just like, it's confirmed. And another guy confirmed it. And we walked out and then everybody just acted as if nothing had happened. And I don't know his name and I've never seen any of them again. So... <laughs> oh man, I love that. Danielle and Millie. I'm yes. sorry to end it on so much dick talk, but that thank you so much for coming on the show. Everybody should go listen to I Saw What You Did, their podcast on Exactly Right. Is there anything else you guys want to tell us about or plug? Personal you plugs, go? Instagram plugs. Um, I have a book coming out in June. Huge. Memoir. What's it called? <laughs> you can pick it up. You can pre-order it. It's called The Ugly Cry. Nice. Amazing. Uh, congratulations. And I'm never afraid to, I'm never sad to end a podcast on Dick Talk. Okay. Good. It's kind of rare Just, for us, honestly, so sorry about is. that. We don't talk about dicks too much, but it, I thought it was like, I've been holding on to the nine <laughs> animal penises for a long time, and I was like, oh, there's a tie-in. The yes. horny thing. The horniness. <laughs> let, it, let, it, let it be known that that is what we are all about on the song you did. <laughs> yes. We will be talking dicks every week. And Millie, where can the Bananimals find you? Is there anything you would like to plug? Sure. Uh, well, I do a show called TCM Underground, which comes on every Friday night, late night, on Turner Classic Movies. And um, there's a, uh, a Twitter for that. It's TCM Underground. And um, yeah, that's what we're doing over there. TCM Underground. That's exciting. Very cool. Awesome. That's amazing. I'm going to start watching that. Yeah, that sounds very yeah. fun. Well, thank you guys so much for being on, Scotty. Thank you. Thank Love you, you Kirk. Exactly yeah. right. Love you, buddy. Thank you to Katie Levine, our producer. And bananas. Bananas. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme music by Kahan. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. You can follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post stories every day and things that we don't cover on the podcast. Listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you're interested in advertising on Bananas, please email us at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. That's thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. 